And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Well, hello again, and welcome to the Mentors Radio Show. I'm Rick Brutico your host for today, and it's a pleasure to be with you all for this show. We have a special show planned for you today. We'll be talking with Joel Noble, Director of Public Policy at Samaritan Ministries International. Today's interview is unique because it has been promoted by the comments and questions from listeners. We're going to ask Joel questions many of the listeners have regarding healthcare sharing ministries, like Samaritan. So we'll hear a bit about Joel's background in a second, and then we'll get to the questions and answers. But let me first tell you a bit about the mentors. Our, our job, our objective is to challenge your thinking about your life and your work, to give you ideas and to give you thoughts that maybe can run your business better and maybe to improve your life. Today's show works along that line. We have people concerned about health care, so we're going to be asking those kinds of questions. We try to select guests who are accomplished people with years of experience in the business world and in life in general so that you will hear words of wisdom for our, from our guests. My personal definition of wisdom is knowledge modified by experience through time. And I intend to ask Joel that today as we talk about the Samaritan Ministry Program. But today's show should inspire you that all kinds of unique things can be done. We have to find out more information and try them. You'll hear about challenges that may be difficult to get around, but there are workarounds. You'll hear about things that went very well, and you hear about things that can be difficult difficult in building your business and building your relationships. So the key really is to figure out what these challenges are, look at them, accept them, and then, like in anything, perseverance always leads to success. Listen for the pearls of wisdom as they come, because those are the things that really help you shortcut getting to the answers. Remember, business and life is especially about managing risk. And today's show is a special one as we investigate health ministries the what and why as compared to health insurance, or maybe in addition to health insurance. So stay with us. But before we get started, I wanted to remind you, call 24 hours a day at 844-610-TALK. That's 844-610-TALK, or the number 844-610-8255. Or email us. We want to hear from you, hear your questions and your comments. The easiest way is to go to our website, thementorsradio.com. You will also find show notes, archives of podcasts, and links to our sponsors. And speaking of sponsors, we have a new sponsor, uh, MyPillow. And I always tell folks that I like MyPillow, but my wife loves hers. So if you want to figure out why MyPillow is a great thing, call them at 800-890-6632 or go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code MENTORS in the upper right corner. Remember, give us a call anytime, 24-7. Our producer listens to all the recorded calls and selects some to, be, some to be played on the air. Well, now let's get to our guest. So, Joel Noble is Director of Public Policy at Samaritan Ministries International, where he has served 
for almost, I guess, 16 or 17 years. I'll ask him that. He directs the ministry's legislative program, advocating with federal and state governmental bodies. He also serves as vice president of the Alliance of Healthcare Sharing Ministries, a trade association for healthcare sharing ministries. Joel has a bachelor's degree in history education from Illinois State University with an emphasis on political science, geography, and sociology. He also completed a Master in Arts and Leadership Studies from the seminary at Lincoln Christian University, where his final research paper focused on what the Bible teaches on proper jurisdiction of the family, church, and civil government. He's married, and he and his wife, Sarah, have four boys. So with that, hello, Joel. Hello. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you, Joel. And so um, is there any unique thing that you might want to add? Uh, I didn't get in depth in your ministry, but I'm kind of curious myself. Uh, I noticed you had religious training, and I know you're going to tell us uh, about Samaritan and how it is a ministry to speak. But is, is there, was, that, was that part of the reason why you're here? Yeah, I mean, the uh, faith component is really what drives all of it, and I mean, that's what drew me to it in the first place, and what has kept me here for more than 16 years. Well, it's coincidental, and I think I read in your bio that uh, you and your wife have been married for 16 or 17 years, right? Correct. Yeah. So is this is is this right out of right out of your uh, your uh, degree at Lincoln uh, Christian that you decided to start this, or did you do something before this? Sure, I did. Uh, prior to being here, I taught um, uh, school. It was actually an alternative school. So after you got expelled from a normal public school, he ended up uh, where I was at, and um, either good or bad, uh, one year was enough. And uh, actually, my wife was actually working for Samaritan uh, before I I was, and uh, was editing the newsletter and proofreading. Uh, she has a uh, English background, and that's actually how I got introduced to it. Um, when we were engaged, um, I became aware of Samaritan Ministries, and then after I left teaching, um, I started at Samaritan, and was just doing member services at the beginning, and about a decade ago, uh, we saw the need for public policy, and uh, I was the, one of the first people uh, in that department uh, back then. Well, it's interesting, as, as so often, uh, uh, things happen to us in strange ways. We don't always know the, yeah. the method of the madness, but they happen in strange ways. But I have found so many times in my career that my wife says the thing or points me in the direction or whatever, and uh, next thing you know, I'm in it, into it up to my knees. So yeah. it sounds like something like that happened with you. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So. Yeah. So, so you're um, so in, in the in the, the Samaritan Ministries. Now, so I guess I could say this is a job for you more than some sort of give back ministry, right? I mean, this is a career for you. It is, yes. Um, I mean, I love dealing with the members, and there's that benefit of it. And I mean, they always say if you love what you're doing, it's not you know really a job. And I loved you know uh, the members, and I, I miss being able to deal with them more directly, like I used to at the beginning. I'm uh, now more in the uh, political policy world, so I'm dealing more with elected officials, and um, you know without. Uh, uh, Disparaging them, I love the members more <laughs> than probably the elected officials. Uh, gee, but yeah. gee, that's so, that's so strange. I know our whole country loves the political officials that we have, especially <laughs> yeah, Congress. Yeah, I, 
<laughs> yes, they have such high ratings. Uh, so yes. when I get a chance to with, when I get a chance to speak to the members still, um, you know, when they have questions about what we're doing, um, I love being able to to hear their stories and and stuff. So I, I miss having more more chance to talk to the members. But uh, I mean, I love you know I'm one of those strange people that loves public policy and politics. So I mean, I love what I'm doing. Well, that's great. Uh, we're coming up against the break pretty quick here now. Yeah. So let, let's just, uh, after the after the uh, the break, maybe we can start right off by you telling us about Samaritan Ministries, what it does, why people should use it, those kinds of things. In other words, give us yeah. an introduction, the kind of things that people would like to know. And then from there, we'll try to get into some questions. And listeners, stay with us, because you're going to learn a lot about something that I don't have a lot of information about myself. And I'm very intrigued by this concept of some sort of insurance, and I'm sure Joe will correct me that it's not insurance, but some sort of insurance for health that I had never really understood or heard about before. So stick with me. We'll be right back. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. You're listening to The Mentors. I'm Rick Brutico, your host for this week's special edition show. Remember, check us out at www.thementorsradio.com. But this week, we're talking with Joel Noble, Director of Public Policy for Samaritan Ministries. So right before we left on break, I was asking Joel or uh, hearing some of Joel's background, but I really want to know a lot about Samaritan Ministries. Um, So hello, Joel, again. And uh, I I understand that thousands have flocked and continue to flock to health care sharing ministries in recent years, radically increasing uh, after the so-called Affordable Care Act and other things such as that, federal mandate issues that I know came up. Maybe you could give our guests an, an introductory view of what Samaritan in- Ministries is all about. Sure, absolutely. Uh, in simplest terms, it's direct sharing of medical needs without insurance. And so uh, a good way to explain it is I can give you uh, a personal example. Um, I have four boys, and all four of those were born um, while I was a member of Samaritan Ministries. And the way it worked was um, we had a number of bills, uh, hospital bills, OB uh, visits prior to that. And so I turned those bills in to Samaritan Ministries, and then they processed those bills and uh, assign enough folks to send to me to take care of those bills. And so I received about a dozen to 15 checks in the mail. I cashed those personal checks, and I went and paid all my medical bills. And so then, as a member, uh, each month I receive a newsletter and a slip, and it's a set amount each month. Um, But what changes is the person I send to each month. And so I know as a family that I'm going to send $495 every single month, but the person changes each month. So it may be a cancer need one month, or it may the next month be sending someone that broke their leg or had a different need. And so it's, uh, like I said, direct sharing of medical needs uh, to take care of of those expenses. So let's let's start with the first question that comes to my mind. If people are sending you money, that sounds like a tax event. Sure. Well, it's actually um, uh, a gift, and so um, so as long as no individual person sends more than I believe now it's thirteen thousand five hundred, then it's not taxable income. 
And so, um, like I said, a family of any size is sharing $495. And so um, since those are coming in, um, it's not taxable income. But then on the other side, since um, I'm getting help with those medical expenses, I can't take that deduction as you would for out-of-pocket medical expenses. So um, the trade-off for, for not being taxable income is that you can't deductible can't deduct it as a medical expense. Yeah, but then on the other hand, you don't get the, uh, you don't get, your standard deduction doesn't change, right? You still have the standard deduction because most people can't deduct medical expenses anyway. They don't meet the minimal standard deduction. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, as you said, most people take the standard deduction because it's hard to get to that 10% of your of your right. AGI to deduct it anyhow. It has to be a real drastic uh, thing to get you yeah. up to 10%. Uh, exactly. And so, so now it, the the I, I I'm assuming therefore that the let's call it the ministry administration they must manage that to make sure that you when you give the 495 or whatever it is you give a month make sure that it goes to a different person in other words you don't have to keep track of any of that is that correct Yeah that's correct so the bills are submitted to the ministry and then we have a uh, a good computer system that every month goes in and allocates enough shares um, so enough of those family shares, enough of the uh, couple and single, which is uh, um, 220 and $440. So it goes in and assigns enough of those to each medical need to um, make sure that person is uh, getting their bills paid. And then, as I said, the newsletter goes out along with a slip telling each individual member um, who to send to. And then on the person receiving and they receive what's called a checklist, and it's got all the people that they should be expecting a check from. And then they just check that off and then just turn it back in. And anybody that maybe forgot or was late, we just send them a reminder um, to send uh, their share um, to the person. But, so in, uh, the, in the meantime, all- Joel, excuse me, in the meantime, when you – when you leave that hospital after one of your boys was born, you got to start. Mm-hmm. You have to pay the hospital out of your own pocket, I guess, and then you get reimbursed. Is that the way it works? In in this case, um, I was able to work out uh, ahead of time. So as long as I paid um, before my wife went into delivery, they gave me a substantial discount. And uh, in case of my now fourteen year old, it was twenty eight hundred dollars. And by the time my now three year old was born, it was. 3600 So it wasn't a huge increase, but they had a program to where if you paid ahead of time, they gave you a substantial discount. And so instead of the ten or 12000 that they normally would charge to insurance or charge if you paid it after, um, that was a, a huge discount if you paid it ahead of time. And so we just worked up a contract that I would pay that before the before the birth, and that's what I submitted um, in in lieu of an actual bill, just that that's what they were going to charge me. And so I was able to go in uh, prior to the delivery and uh, pay for it. So did the ministry, through its associates or other members, did they start sending you money before the birth took place, before she went in the hospital, or was it after, and if after, how long? Yeah. In this case, it was before, but that was kind of unique because we had that contract. Um, So other needs like, you know, I have four boys, so I've had um, 
you know, number of stitches over these last 14 years. Sure. Of, uh, so um, in that case, yeah, I, um, they just sent me a bill after, after I left the ER, after I left the um, quick care type place, and then I submitted those. And the turnaround time is between 30 and 60 days. And the difference in that time is when the uh, person uh, submits their bills. So, for instance, if someone were to uh, submit a need and submit their bills um, uh, this Thursday, the 30th, that would be uh, shared in January. So that's closer to 60 days. If they were to send it in uh, this Friday, which would be the 1st of December, that would be considered received in December, and that would be shared in February. So the difference okay. of the, of those days is just when it's submitted uh, to the ministry uh, to be shared. So it's between 30 and 60 days. Well, now is it seems to me, and I'm you know looking for ways that this would give me a problem personally. So what what would yeah. happen if if uh, for example I got the bill from the hospital and they wanted me to pay before I left or paid within a week or two or three? Uh, what what do I how how do I cover the shortfall? Sure. In in that case, uh, one of the first questions I'd be asking is, um, what kind of discount are you going to be giving me? Um, because if you have Blue Cross Blue Shield, if you had insurance, your insurance agent is going to be standing behind you writing them a check. Um, they're going to, you know, obviously wait to be reimbursed from an insurance company. And so that would be one of the first questions is, why are you holding me to a standard that you're not holding most of your other patients to? Um, and the other is, um, they're most likely charging you a higher rate than they're going to charge Blue Cross Blue Shield or Herman or the insurance company because they've worked out a much lower. And so I would definitely be asking, what kind of discount are you going to be giving me? Um, but in, in cases, I think the heart of your question is how do people come up with that? And um, one of our core values is that Samaritan is just one ways that people meet their medical needs. So in that rare cases where folks are being pressured heavily to get payment, um, some of those may put it on a credit card. They may go to family. Um, but we have found that the vast majority of places will let you, you know, make a payment over a couple months. Um, it's very, very rare that someone wants a huge balance right at the at the time of service. Oh, okay, Joe, we've unfortunately come against a hard break. Let's pick that yeah. up at the, as soon as we get back right after the break. Stay with us, listeners, and we're going to hear more about how you get paid when you've paid the hospital or the doctors. And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back again. You're listening to The Mentors Radio. I'm your host for this week's show, Rick Brudico. We're talking with Joel Noble, who is the Director of Public Policy for Samaritan Healthcare Ministries. And I, we're just getting to some really interesting stuff. So uh, I also have no idea we have a caller on the line. So, Joe, let me, let's try to wrap up this thing about payment here. And um, one of the things you started to say right before the break was that uh, you should negotiate a deal with your hospital. So here I am, the poor, dumb patient. I don't have a lot of background on what people should be charged. Uh, uh, recently, I went to a doctor that I know, and I was got an X-ray for a chest deal. And he said, I said something about it, and he said, you know, I only get 70 bucks. And of that, I have to pay $10 for the extra. I said, this is impossible. 
impossible. A huge piece of equipment, you get 70 bucks. Why are you limited to $70? He said, well, because that's what the insurance company permits me to charge you. So what I want to know is, how do I get that deal negotiated? Does Samaritan do it for me? Do they give me a, a daily list of bills that I should pay and other amounts I should pay? Yeah. So um, one of the things that we do assist members with is there is a um, separate group that we partner with that um, helps uh, negotiate some of those larger bills. But ultimately, since our members are cash pay patients, they've taken a lot of of responsibility uh, for their own needs. And since they're not part of an insurance company where most of those are third payer to where um, the, it's actually the employer paying it or the insurance company paying it, our members are very engaged. And one of the tools that they use is called Healthcare Blue Book. And so just like Kelly Blue Book for cars, uh, Healthcare Blue Book um, lists all kinds of procedures and what is a fair price in their area. They can compare different facilities, different hospitals, and see where they can get better care. Um, I recently, one of my sons had stitches, and I had the opportunity, it was in the middle of the night, to go to an ER and had uh, two hospitals literally across the street from each other. So I had a choice as I was traveling to the ER, do I make a left turn to go to this hospital, do I make a right turn to go to this hospital? And I'm a little bit more maybe engaged, but I knew uh, what the better price was, I knew what the better service was, so I wasn't able to make that decision as a consumer. And so our members have really become the consumer. It's one of the industries where folks stopped being the consumer and we stopped being involved, but our members are very involved so they can make those choices and decide for themselves what is the best service, what's the best price. Oh, well, that's extremely interesting. Um, But now I guess, let's just say me, I'm not your member. Do I just go on the website and look up Healthcare Blue Book or is that solely for Samaritan ministry people? Sure. Yes, there is a... um, definitely have a website and they have a um, uh, site that you can um, use that anyone can use. Um, Our members, we uh, have uh, sort of a a premium access um, that um, allows more, you know, services than what you can get just on the front end of of Blue Book. And we offer that through um, our our dashboard at SamaritanMinistries.org. So our members, they have a lot of resources. Um, As being a member, they have, you know, like a dial-a-nurse type of uh, service and prescription discounts. So there's a lot of services that we provide through our dashboard to our members. Um, Like I mentioned, the dial-a-nurse or uh, to get some um, advice. Um, a lot of times, you know, you're just able to send a picture and or, you know, explain what's going on and, you know, they can tell you, okay, you know, you probably don't need to go to the doctor, you don't need to go to the ER. And those type of things, you know, if once they have the knowledge, can save overall. Well, you're right. And and as you say, it does make us smart consumers. I also understand that when I've got an insurance company in there, they're doing all the negotiating for me anyway. So there's not much reason yeah. for me to know where it's less or more money. It's going to be, they're exactly. going to pay whatever it is. And uh, uh, although I do get bills that say I'm responsible for the balance, and it sounds like that doesn't happen to you. No, that's correct. I mean, ultimately, the members are responsible for 100% 
of of the bills as cash pay patients. Since we're not insurance, there's no guarantee, and the members know that going in that they're just getting help from other other members. Uh, so, I mean, ultimately they're responsible for all their bills. But um, you know, for more than 23 years, um, we've been able to uh, help the members, and we're currently sharing more than $20 million every month between our 70,000 households. And so, I mean, things as small as stitches all the way up to, you know, $700,000, you know, huge cancer needs are being met. Well, you, you see, that's the point, though, of course. If I know the bill going in, and I know it's, as you said, $3,200 or whatever for the birth, that's what I'm going to pay. It's not like with my insurance company, I pay, in other words, I pay my insurance premium, but then they negotiate with the insurance company. And then when three or four or five months later, I get a follow on bill. It may only be for a hundred bucks or something, but I get a follow on yeah. bill. That doesn't happen with your organization. Exactly. Yes. Okay. And so, yeah. And it, it's interesting to see the difference. Like you mentioned that $3,200 um, maternity need, that was something we negotiated ahead of time. But in this case, um, there was new ownership of the hospital. They just gotten bought out. They didn't know about the deal, and so I got a bill for twelve thousand dollars. So actually, what that? Yeah. So what that maternity uh, was going to cost was twelve thousand, but I'd already negotiated down to thirty-two, and so you can see the huge disparity of what it actually costs compared to what they charge. Well, okay, Joe. Uh, we got a caller on the line, Jed from Chicago. Um, Jed, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Hi, Jed. Glad to have you join us today. Um, You're talking to Joel and Rick Brutico. Uh, Go ahead. What are your questions or questions if you have more than one? Well, I've uh, I've been working on my own now for about 17 years. And so I had to take, you know, my own insurance and uh, I've had Blue Cross and my plan was grandfathered in when all the Obamacare stuff started. But it's it's really skyrocketed in the last few years, and I've been looking to do something different, but I didn't want to go to the exchanges, you know. And mm-hmm. I've heard of some of these faith-based things, but never looked into it. So this year it really went up, so I've been in kind of a crash course um, with a much shorter window for the enrollment this year. They really, yeah. like, shorten the window. And so now I have been looking at Samaritan, and it looks interesting. Um, I like, you know, I was attracted to the so, idea of the faith-based. Because really the reason my stuff keeps going up is because I'm paying for all these other people out there that, that don't pay into anything at all. Jed, you know, I mean, uh, Jed, 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 I hate to interrupt you, but we're getting up close to a break again. Yeah. So maybe you could um, formulate uh, your question over the break. Stay with us, and okay. then right after the break, we'll give you, you give us a question. And does that work for you, Joel? Yeah, that works great. Okay, good. So well, right after the break, if you can, when we come back, please uh, have a question formulated um, because we have a limited amount of time, and then we'll have Joel answer your question. So stay okay. with us, listeners. We'll hear the rest of Jed's question and back with Joel Noble of Samaritan Ministries. It's The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com.
And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hello and welcome back again. You're listening to The Mentors Radio, and I'm Rick Brutico, your host for this week's special edition show with Joel Noble of Samaritan Ministries. We also have a caller on the line, Jed from Chicago. He is exploring various different options for health care, and he has a question for, uh, for Joel. So, Jed, if you're still there, go ahead with your question. Okay. Well, I've been going into my doctor, you know, and handing him the insurance card. So now if I sign up with Samaritan and I go in, what exactly, what would be the protocol for when I walk in there now? Because I'm not going to... If I switch over, I'm not going to have the insurance company anymore. I'm going to have, you know, like you guys, you know, the faith-based thing, and I'm going to be paying my own bills. So how how do you approach that, like just when you walk in and say, here's what I've got now? That's kind of where, Joel, that's kind of what I was trying to get to you, too. Uh, so, and I think you started to answer that in the previous segment, but let's take another run at it. What, what do you do if you're yeah. a non-insurance, uh, you know, payer? Yeah. So it, it is a, a change in mindset. I mean, we're very insurance-minded. Um, we simply just instruct our members to uh, explain that they're cash pay and just to bill them directly. And then if there's some pushback or they want some more explanation, then we just have the members explain that they're part of a sharing ministry and that they'll be getting help uh, with their bills. Uh, but they're, again, cash pay and just send them. Um, fortunately, um, that uh, with the uh, ACA and um, the exemption that healthcare sharing has had in there, healthcare sharing is a little bit more known now, and um, people are familiar with it, and uh, they're um, less likely to kind of balk at, at saying, send me a bill. You'll still get the places that are very insurance-minded and, and uh you know, every once in a while we'll hear about a place that, you know, doesn't quite know how to handle it uh, if they're not billing insurance. Um, but um, generally, um, it, it works out, and they just send you a bill. And, just you know, just comes like your gas bill or your water bill in the mail, and then okay. that's what you would submit to the ministry. Does okay. that help you, Jed? Yeah, that helps. I guess, you know, it. it's sort of like uh, you're trying to – figure out, like, how to approach the doctor with a discount thing, too. Um, yeah. Well, I think, yeah. I think Jill covered that he before. Covered in the some se- of that yeah. earlier, yeah. Right. You, but I, I will tell you something from my side, and Jill, please uh, correct me if you know this to be wrong, but I, uh, I'm involved in a number of things where I work with doctors on various areas, not specifically providing health care, but on different uh, issues they have in running their health care business. And I will tell you, one of the biggest costs and biggest problems they have is collecting money from the insurance companies. Whether it's the Social Security, Medicare, it doesn't matter what it is, it takes a long time to get paid. It goes back and forth many, many times, uh, at least multiple times. I shouldn't say many, many. So they like cash payers. Uh, cash payers yeah. are real simple. And for sure, if you walk in and say, here's my credit card and see me... If, you're going to zip, zip right through. They go, this is wonderful. And that's one of the reasons why they're willing to give you a discount, because in trying to collect money from various insurance agencies, they usually pay an outside service to monitor that collection, for which they pay a fairly high fee on every every bill. Yeah. Uh, isn't yeah. that so, Joel? 
Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And that's why you're seeing the rise of a lot of these small, like, quick care type uh, clinics that are, you know, popping up. Um, we have a lot of them around here. They sit right next to a Walmart. And most everything that they do there is $40, $45. And the reason it's so cheap is that you go in and they have a touch screen or a keyboard and you check yourself in. There's no receptionist. And then you check yourself in and there's usually one doctor, maybe two. And he checks you out. It's a lot of ear, nose, and throat, but you can do school physicals. And then afterwards, he hands you a receipt. You can submit that to your insurance company if you want and go through that, but they're not going to do it for you. So all that overhead's eliminated, and that's why you can go in, see the doctor, and get treated for 40 bucks. Because you're right. In, w- in which case, you would, have paid the, you would have paid the doctor. Excuse me, interrupting, but you you would have paid the doctor the 40 bucks or whatever it was, and then you yeah. would have submitted it to your insurance company, and you're in the process of then collecting it from your insurance company, uh, yes. which you probably will over time, but, but that's the process, yeah. and that's the flip side of not having it done before you walk in, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. why that's that's where all the savings is that they don't have to the the facility or the doctor doesn't have to bear all that all that cost of keeping records, you know, you know, all these paper records or having receptionists or you know, a lot of places have multiple people just to bill insurance. That's and right. They have all this staffing fee. That's right. Well, all right. Uh, thank you for the call, Jed. Um, also, we have a, a, a recorded call, someone who called in and uh, left message on our answering machine. And um, they. Uh, so we want to play that for you now. Hello, this is Christine from L.A. Thank you for taking my call. I'm a freelance musician and writer. I've always had a PPL plan, but the premium is now over $900 a month. I considered a um, health care alternative. But I read that they're not insured, so if there were, for example, God forbid, a system-wide panic or something, the whole thing might implode. I'll listen to the podcast for your answer. Thank you. Well, what do you think, Joel? I have to say this. You kind of stole one of my questions for uh, the last segment. But what happens if there there's this kind of a panic and it implodes? Yeah, and um, you're right. And that's a valid question um, that, like I said, since it's not insurance, the members go go in knowing that there is no guarantee. Um, so what I can point to is uh, these type of, of ministries have been around for uh, the oldest now for more than three decades. Samaritan itself has been around since 1994, so 23 years. And so, as I mentioned before, we've seen needs as large as, I believe, the largest now we've had is $742,000, and that was after some discounts. And so the track record's there. Um, And on the flip side, as you're seeing in the news, um, insurers are pulling out in a lot of areas. In some some places, there's only uh, one insurer for their area, and as they pull out, you know, you lose out on on your provider also that was in in your network. So um, I know we're very insurance-minded, but there's really, as we're seeing, not a guarantee either with insurance. And so um, I know that, you know, we want to think that there is, um, but, I mean, there's countless stories of folks that have just gone round and around with insurance companies trying to get, you know, something paid that they thought was covered. And so um, I think, you know, we think there's always this guarantee, but 
you know, there's really not. Well, you know, and you're, you're making a good point. The, call, the caller was actually asking about if the, the at least the way I heard it, that the uh, if the health care alternative imploded. In other words, you have an implosion in the whole medical system. And then, of course, they've been predicting this for some yeah. time with the Affordable Care Act. But as you yeah. pointed out, that's a problem that is not only a problem for the health share ministries, it's a problem for everyone. I mean, you're, you're yeah. I think Arizona is one of those places, as I recall, that has one or two providers left so you're really held hostage to the exchanges and and if and the rates have shot up dramatically so in a way it's kind of imploded already um yeah but i i don't think your odds are probably any worse i i do think though and we're coming up against a break again so mm-hmm. maybe um you can comment on the idea that, that you you talked about with the seven hundred fifty thousand uh dollars that uh, you said is the most you've spent it does seem that there could be life-sustaining problems that could go on and could be a a lot of money that you may not want to do so we're going to come up uh, go to a break right now so listeners stay with me and let's see how joe handles that question when we get back you're listening to the mentors radio and now Back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. So welcome back to The Mentors. I'm Rick Brutico, the host for this week's special edition show on Health Share Ministries. I'm speaking with Joel Noble, Director of Public Policy for Samaritan Ministries. So um, I know we have another recorded call that came in, and I'd like to get it on. Uh, could we play that now, please? Hi, this is Mona from Ventura, and I've got a question about... Um, whether Samaritan is possible to be used when one turns Medicare age. I've heard conflicting information about this, and I just want to know what, what the story is. If, it's, if you have to stop Samaritan once uh, you turn 65, or is there a, still a benefit to carrying Samaritan at that age? Okay, thank you. So, Joel, what do you think? And maybe as you answer that question, if you can, you might, uh, uh, and assuming it can be used, how it affects, you know, Part B, Supplemental, and Medicare itself. Uh, So could you comment on that, please? Yeah. Um, So we have members that um, decide to stay with the ministry even after they turn 65. And so... um, Many of them, you know, look at uh, Part B and uh, decide um, instead of taking Part B, um, they'll stay with Samaritan Ministries. And some of them, you know, go ahead and sign up for Part B, which is the the doctor's type visits part of uh, Medicare. And then instead of buying a supplement to go with that, they'll stay on this membership. And so it's definitely possible, and uh, folks do it. Um, we just uh, advise the, the members when they're coming up there. We just give them the info. And one of the things that um, we do always let them know is that when you're eligible for Part B, uh, if you don't take it um, and then you go to sign up for Part B later, um, there's a 10% penalty for each 12-month period that you didn't have Part B. And so, you know, we let the members know that, that um, you know, if they decide to go and get Part B later, um, that they're, you know, 
most likely going to have to pay a penalty for not taking it. And so we just give them all the info and then let them make the decision. And as I said, a lot of those uh, members stay with us and just use Samaritan in conjunction with Medicare. So, Joel, so when you say there's a 10% penalty, I know that the sign-up for Part B is every... In fact, we're in the sign-up time right now. So mm-hmm. the Part uh, Part B, uh, when you sign up for Part B, and if I don't sign up, let's just say, for 2018, and then I decide yes. to sign up for 2019, uh, I can, I just pay 10% larger premium, is that right? Or is that, I mean, is that yeah. what you meant? Okay. Yes, that's and, right. And, so and if I skip two years, would it be 20% more? Um. Yes, it'd be 10% for each year. So if okay. your premium was $200 uh, a month and you didn't sign up for two years, you're going to pay 240 uh, per month um, until that's uh, for those two years. And then after after that's, after that's those two years, then um, then it, it'll go back to the, to the lower amount. So you get penalized for the, you know, for the amount of time that you didn't sign up, and that's well, 10% per year. Okay, and I, but I would t- tell uh, listeners as well that uh, Part B, for those of you that aren't aware of it, Part B is uh, is truly an insurance program, and so there's usually deductible. I personally select high deductibles because uh, I don't yeah. use it that much. So in that case, I think my premium is like 70 bucks a month, so I'd be yeah. paying 77 if I skipped a year. So anyway, I, we've kind of run out of time, Joel. I, I wish that we had more time to uh, talk with you. It's been just a wealth of information and wealth of knowledge. I, 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 you've really got about 60 seconds less left. Can you tell us if members have specific questions about Samaritan uh, or the industry in general? Can you refer them either to a phone number or, or a website or something such as that? Sure. Yep, SamaritanMinistries.org is the website, so SamaritanMinistries.org. And if you want to talk to a person, um, you can uh, reach us um, at 888-268-4377. And we have a great team here that loves to answer questions, and uh, rarely is there a question they've not heard before. And uh, so they uh, love talking to uh, inquiries and uh, tell them about healthcare sharing in Samaritan. So thank you, Joel. We really have run out of time. It's been a full show. I really appreciate Joel coming and and helping us with this uh, very complex but very timely piece of information. So with that, we have to sign off. And I want you to remember every day in every way, do your part to make the world a little better. This is Rick Brutico, your mentor host, signing off for this edition of The Mentors. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.